Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca slash IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm Collisions YYC welcome to Miss Margot Purcell. How are you, Margot? Thank you. How are you? I am so good. Thanks for coming on the show. Again, Calgary for Conspires. I, uh, you and I got introduced a few weeks ago and I'd heard of Inception U, which you are the CEO and one of the co-founders, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But like so many things that go on in our amazing city, if you don't dig in or you don't take the time to find out, you might, you might even be, be led to believe there's not a lot going on in our city, which is a falsehood. I could guarantee you from yeah. my almost, almost 200 guests, there is so much going on in the city. It actually blows your mind. So let's start. I love, this is my new favorite intro. You and I just jumped in the elevator. I go, hey, Margo, Inception U, we've got 30 floors. Tell me what, uh, what Inception U is all about. Inception U, we're, we're working to equip people, help people equip themselves to be future fit. And, and we like to talk about future fit, not future proof. You do not need to protect yourself against the future, and you can't. You can't make yourself future-proof. What we want to see is that people become future-fit, and that means continuing, like building muscle and being knowing after leaving some of our programs how to continue to build that muscle. When we talk about future-fit, what does that even mean? You know, so it doesn't sound all jargony. Is about equipping people with the ultimate skill, which is learning how to learn and being so that they know that no matter what gets put in front of them, even if they've never seen it before, that they can figure it out. It's about, we like to talk about, I don't know yet. And so that's what we're working to equip people with. What we look at mainly are what we refer to as essential competencies, essential skills, which are about those foundations of being able to learn and, and make meaning and sense out of things. So looking at critical thinking, systems thinking, creative thinking, communication, collaboration, you're a human being, chances are you're going to encounter and interact with other human beings. It helps to be able to do that with a wide variety of them. And so we want people to be able to do that and all through what we refer to as the design, design lens. Design being, how do we create the conditions for success? Which means understanding how do humans behave? How do they think? So that we build stuff that actually solves the challenges that we're facing. Okay. I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> Let me unpack everything you said. So going to Inception U, am I going to be taking a very specific, like graduating from this class, I will know how to be a full stack developer or 
am I graduating? Is there, is it feels like there's a real foundational piece in what you said, which I love where I'm going to learn to be adaptable. I'm like all the things that you said, but it feels so different in our world where oftentimes we get so focused on this piece of paper or this task that we're going to be good at at the end versus the skills required to be functioning in this ever changing, you know, you don't know what's coming at you the next day back to the the future fit kind of concept. Do you guys do both? Like, do I start by learning the fundamentals of how to be a learner and how to be adaptable? And then I move into more technical and specifics or like, what's the balance there? It's yes. And so <laughs> for example, with our uh, full stack developer program, which is the first program where the rubber hit the road and we've been testing and iterating through that program for over three years now, we're into cohort seven and it's about it actually being completely integrated. So you don't take your communication class and then you take a javascript class and then it's all done so that they're interconnected it's meaningful it's relevant so that you're not thinking separately about these things because they're not separate so if someone comes into one of our evolved programs which are the longer form six-month programs if they come into one of those well, yeah we spend the first two weeks unlearning unlearning what learning even is we've been conditioned a certain way to understand well i need to learn it And once I've learned it, then I can do it. And what we do is we actually get you to unlearn that that's what it is. Um, Because we hear a lot of, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Well, life doesn't wait for you to be ready. So learning is not going to wait for you to be ready. So we want them to learn by doing. And so unlearning a bit of that, understanding beliefs, assumptions, mental models, biases, all the things that we're all walking around with that can limit our ability to learn and especially to learn something new so that we're kind of setting the conditions for them and they're setting their own conditions to learn. And then we start diving into the combination of the technical combined with the the communication skills and the collaboration. And when we're doing critical thinking, it's we're getting them to apply these critical thinking understandings that they're gaining to software development because that's the technical component that they're learning. So that by the end of it, and then we're doing a simulated work environment on top of that. Once they're really into it, they get into their project team starting in project two. Then we're simulating a software development environment because, again, it's going to mean that while they're learning, they don't have to go and take an agile class after they're done to figure out, oh, this co- this company uses agile practices, so I better I learn. See, well, they've I been see. doing it with us for six months. So that's that how we do it. Sense. And that's where yeah, I really like the word fit that you used, which can make kind of take, took my thumb, like, what do you mean by fit? That's what you're kind of talking about, that mm-hmm. fitness mentally and the ability around it. Uh, how much fear are you dealing with in the early stages? When you talked about unlearning mm-hmm. and you talk about, I'm not ready. Like yeah. that resonated with me of like, oh, imposter yeah. syndrome and who am I to do oh, this? Yeah. And oh, geez, you know, it's, I've talked, I used to be in the fitness industry, so I'm going to play people like, well, I got to get in shape before I join the gym. Like, yeah. I don't want to get a trainer until I'm in shape. I'm like, I think you're missing the whole point of how that works. Like, why would you be expected to know how to get in shape if no one's ever taught you to do that? And what this fear of can't and everyone has a bad gym class memory of getting, you know, picked last for dodgeball and hitting the face of the ball. That's a, that's a real metaphor for learning in the world of like our traditional, we all grew up or I grew up in our North American school system and it was a pass fail and right and wrong. And Mm -hmm. it was very theoretical. And Mm -hmm. by, I also grew up in a rural environment on a farm where you learned everything by doing like you'd get a five minute crash course and then like, go do the thing and like, try not to break anything or hurt anybody, mainly yourself, but like figure it out. Here's the shovel. This needs to happen. Go do it. It was very different. They almost were like completely conflicting with each other. (laughs) Well, and it's, and what I'm hearing that you learned on the farm is that you were taught a mindset. 
you were taught some principles underlying, figure, right? Like figure, be safe. Figure it the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Be safe. They didn't say, okay, go, um, go to YouTube. Here's the book on milking a cow. Go read it. No, they definitely did not do that. I'm going to give you a test. If you pass the test, then you're going to milk the cow. It's like, go get that cow milk, right? And and there are some underlying... And by the way, here's kind of how you do it, but yeah, you'll figure out your own way. That's, <laughs> yeah, like, that's kind of yeah, how exactly. it went. Right? No, very much so. And the school system, I think, sets up that. like It almost creates... And again, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just looking at the frameworks a lot of us have gone gone through. And it creates this fear of like, well, I haven't done the thing, so I'm not ready to try the, try the, the actual action. And I... It, it's again, we go back to yes and. So in no way would I say that, because I came through the same system and I'm a living, breathing adult human being, some things worked. So, um, and so it's not that anything is, when people talk about it being broken um, and that the system is broken, well, the system is not broken. The system may be delivering outcomes that just aren't fitting what we need now. Uh, in the same way, right? And, and it did fit for a lot of things. And by all means, if you are going to build a bridge, I would really like you to know how to build a bridge before I walk across it. Like, please take what you need to take so that that bridge is going to be safe. Um, mm -hmm. And in other things, it's not always exactly what is needed. So going back to your question about the fear, we encounter a lot of that. And, and at first, everybody's like primed and they're all excited. And then they start encountering the things that they don't know yet. And we'll often see people start to pull back and retreat. Uh, and when we were physically together, what we would see is people go into another part of, of our space. And I'd say, oh, can I ask what you do? Oh, I need to get caught up and then I'll join the, the class. <laughs> kind of like, I'll I need get, to get in I'll shape get before I join the gym. To the gym. It's like, yeah. actually, what you where you need to be most right now is with everyone who's in the learning space. And this concept that I can't be there till I'm caught up, and especially in an environment like ours, where part of the design is we've got a huge variety of experience coming into the program, a huge variety of backgrounds, um, you know, in terms of fields of endeavor, in terms of careers that they've come from, in terms of, you know, sometimes it's different countries they've come from and experiences they've had there, different ages, all sorts of things. And they're all in the same room, which actually enhances the learning environment. And yet that automatic Thing that human beings do where we compare and contrast and so they're comparing I don't know as much as that person so I can't even Ugh. talk to that person I'm going to hold them back or I'm going to look stupid I'm going to sound like I have no idea what I'm doing and 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 because we've tended to reward answers we've tended to reward smart questions well what's a smart question what's a dumb question and we've tended to reward um by pass or fail like it's all or nothing and what we mm -hmm. want to do is foster the questions, foster the curiosity that we were all born with. Uh, we want to foster that again so that people go back to how we learn as human beings. You know, we talked about the farm. We don't hand a baby in the crib the book or hold up the YouTube videos and say, so this is how you crawl. All right. So just watch. <laughs> Don't try. Love how we're going that. right back. We're going don't right try. back to the basics. Yeah, yeah, go right so back. Don't right? try to to you do this. Try to crawl. No, we're on the ground with them. Like, come on, it's okay. We're telling, we're encouraging them to get up. They fall back down. We go, oh, you try, right? And it's the same thing with learning anything. And how do we refoster that so that we can help people with that anxiety? And that's part of our program too. Is the anxiety comes, and we start to question our own ability and capability, and do I belong here, and all of these things. Well, we help them work through that because that's again 
some of our own individual mental models. They're slightly different for everyone. And how do we have that opportunity to find our way through so they can access the learning, knowing the access point for learning may be different for you than it is for someone else, not right or wrong, not good or bad. Our role is to help you find your access point to learning. What I'm hearing, what I'm thinking, you know, a couple things like, you know, for anyone who's read or done any Patrick Lencioni, the five dysfunctions mm-hmm. of the team, you've got trust at the bottom of the period. Yep. Also, I've had lots of conversations with uh, Jenny Gilbert from SAIT around yep. psychological safety. And I asked her the other day, I said, yep. Jenny, out of the six leadership intelligences, and I love their whole format around that. And I said, what's the most important? Like, what's the make or break? She's like, psychological safety, Tyler. Yep. So actually, in a couple of weeks, we're doing going to do an episode just about psychological safety. Awesome. And that's what I'm hearing you say. And so you're creating this... Obviously, I'm assuming you partner a lot with industry, that you're having a very mm-hmm. active conversation mm-hmm. because this, to, for this to really work and for organizations to be able to truly, and I say this respectfully, take advantage of these team members to allow them to contribute to this goal or these wicked problems that organizations are trying to solve. Are you seeing organizations really starting? Because if the organization doesn't think the way you think, mm-hmm. we're, missing the, we're missing the opportunity to not only take yeah. this person who has a new set of skills, but if they've all of a sudden become open and they go to an environment that's not open, man, you close, as humans, we close that door really fast. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, well, you've, you made me feel a certain, oh, I didn't like that, or yeah. you know, I felt shamed, or anything like that. I, yeah. All I'm hearing is psychological safety. Are you seeing organizations, are organizations getting it? I know we're going a little bit out of our lane here, but yeah. it's, all con- it's all connected. It's all part and parcel here. Mm. Well, I, I'm I'm hearing those terms a lot more, and I think okay. that what I am hearing, and so I did all sorts of consulting for you know, 16 years before we uh, we started up Inception U, and and so these kinds of things weren't even really talked about. We would talk about, well, you know, people need to learn how to communicate and and so on, and and starting to see well what holds people back from communicating? <laughs> you know, like it, it may not be that they're not skilled at it. It may be the environment they're in. And if we look at what employers can do, you can't control the external conditions your company is in. You can control the internal conditions that attracts and retains great talent. That may, And if it attracts and retains great talent and people know they can be vulnerable, they know they can make mistakes, and that we actually encourage and, and reward the trying of and the learning from, you are going to retain that talent and they're going to produce better things. We are more productive. We are more effective if we know there is room for us to be able to learn and adapt as we go. And so I am hearing more about what it looks like in practice. It's been a little tough to see how much is being taken up in uh, in this whole virtual thing. Um And I'm hearing it more. I'm seeing companies actively reach out to understand what goes into creating safer conditions. And we like to talk to about brave spaces. Can we create in our learning environment a space where people can be brave to say, I don't know yet, to say, I'm getting a sense of I'm, I'm, behind I, I don't know what I'm doing I'm you know, so that they can actually step into the area that they need to step into and and I one of my um one of my facilitators over the years I took a I took leadership Calgary back in 2013 I think for 2012 somewhere in there it all and blends remember, together and COVID's made it worse like what two years has yeah, passed I don't I know, even know what's happening blended in <laughs> I'm totally. not it's not because I'm old um, so I, no, I would never even, that's never on the table, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, 
We just are, Margo. We just are. We just are. So We're just one here. Of, one of the things that uh, Ken Lowe used to say to us often was, if you don't know what to do, you do know what to do. Learn. And, and so this idea that we we can't move forward until I know it all, if we create that brave space where people can even acknowledge for themselves, well, I have no idea. I, I don't understand any of this yet. Then we've done our work. And I'm starting to see this interest, this curiosity, this investigation by companies and potential employers of how do we do that and seeing that uh, and not in a mechanical way. We're going to take a psychological safety class and we're going to have things up on the wall, <clears throat> but nothing else has changed. Right? It's right and beside the mission, vision, values that no one reads yeah. either. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can have a declared safe, psychologically safe space. Do you actually have one in operation is based on the behaviors that you accept and tolerate in your in your teams and in your company. And that's an easier, easy thing for me to say. <clears throat> it is. It can be a difficult thing to do. We're humans. We're behavior. What? How do we do that? I can't control my own behavior someday. Well, let's just let's just say mm-hmm. it is difficult and give everyone permission to that yeah. to feel like that it's difficult. I love that you would use the word brave. It's not. I don't. Like, honestly, I'm trying to think last, if anyone has ever used that word on the show, and it feels like this binary: oh, you're brave or you're not brave. But I like what yeah. you said about creating an environment that encourages bravery or people to act in a brave way. It's just a word I don't see here thrown around in the cultural world. It's more. Oh, it's more. It feels like a Hollywood word almost. You know what I mean? Like we've all seen a movie and the, the brave character does the brave thing and they are, and they just showed up that way. But if you create an environment that allows people to be brave in relevance to what that means to them, that with this whole trust and psychological safety, that's a really interesting concept when I start to overlay that over, you know, what seemingly is just a massive transition in how we learn and how fast we need to learn and the 60 year mm-hmm. degree concept and some of those things. So as someone, maybe we'll pivot back. 27, 2017, not that long ago, yeah. what, what inspired you to start Inception U? Just from even a startup like, hey, this is a good idea. Let's do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, the three co-founders, so Jill Langer, Greg Hart, and myself, we all had our own practices and we'd worked in organizations. And, uh, and, and what we were seeing was this piece of there's such a focus often on the technical aspect, whatever that technical knowledge is that you need. And you need it. Right. We need you to know back to the bridge, back to the bridge building analogy. Exactly. So you don't want me building a bridge. You really don't. (laughs) And and so that's what we do. And absolutely, people do need to understand that. And what we were seeing, too, though, is that the how people do it, the how they understand what needs to be done. So, again, we refer to them as essential, Um, essential skills, essential competencies was often missing. It was often something like the kind of work I did in and around team development, leadership development, uh, communication effectiveness was often some of the first stuff to go because it was soft skills, right? And I'm like, I I still laugh. I'm like, soft skills, really? If they're so soft, why are they so hard to learn? (laughs) And they're learnable. They're not you have it or you don't. You can learn these things in a way that allows you to still be you. Um, and they were often kind of seen as something that didn't, you know, the priority was put on technical. And they can we be a hard, they can be a hard sell in an organization. They sure. can be yeah. absolutely, yeah. and we understood it. And what we saw was that the companies that were outperforming, that were able to ride the ups and downs in ways that, and this is globally because we've all looked and researched, and and uh, like some of us have worked all over. And what we were seeing was this is common all over. 
And when we saw the companies that were able to adapt and and ride through the ups and the downs tended to have an also invested time and energy into building these kinds of conditions, you know, the the psychological safety, the brave spaces and and so on, and into all of these other transferable adaptive skills that are kind of like the glue between all the technical skills. And so we said, well, if Calgary is, um, is going through this massive transition, which is probably going to be quite a transformation for us in the end. Yeah, we're, we're are, still in, we're still well in we're it. We're still <laughs> right in now. it. Yeah, we're in it. We're going to be in it for a while. For a while. And so what are those other, what do people need to be equipped with to be able to truly understand the problems that are ahead of us, to truly understand, uh, be able to, once they truly understand the problem, only then do you start problem solving and then be able to build what's needed to address these challenges. <clears throat> and we saw that it was these, these essential skills that are woven in between all of the technical knowledge, skills, and understanding that we also need to equip ourselves with. Mm. So we Curious, came up may, with this. <laughs> and this is maybe a funny question. At the beginning, or maybe even still now, 2017, not that long ago, but with COVID, who knows? It feels like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a bit of a bait and switch? And I say that very respectfully in the mm -hmm. sense that, oh, no, no, we're going to give you the technical, like you, yep. you, you come in to be a full stack developer. Oh, but by the way, we're also going to give you all these other things that are going to make you aka more successful overall. And I feel just the marketer or the salesperson to me feels like sometimes I used to work in the fitness industry. And if you did a workshop on stretching, no one would show up. Yeah. But if you called it six pack abs, <laughs> everyone would show up. You do some abs and then teach them how to stretch. Like it, it was, <laughs> that's how it worked. So that's what I'm envisioning in my mind of what gets people in the room. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm now learning. I'm learning. Or are people searching that out? I don't know. Maybe that was a weird question. Well, we, were, sure. we were pretty upfront about it. Um, because okay, what we good. know is that our, our learning. Six pack abs, sign up now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our learning, I wish we could do the six pack. <laughs> I'd be like ripped by now. Um, what we would, uh, what we, we've been really clear that it's a different kind of learning experience. It's a different kind of learning environment. And that it's, you know, if you're a fit for it uh, and then, and we're a fit for you, then come on in. And so, and that it's project based learning. So you're learning by doing. And, and for some people, they've, um, they've been looking for it. And that's what we were hearing, especially when we first started with cohort one, we'd have people saying, I've been looking for something like this. What we're starting to hear as well is that people are quite hungry for this kind of thing, to think, be able to think differently, to be able to really get into something. And on top of that, especially with the situation that we find ourselves in here in Alberta as well, is that... Uh, and, and by the way, I've seen this situation in other places too. People don't necessarily have years to go and have learning be separate from their life. And so what is this way that I can do? I, I can be gaining this professional and personal development at the same time as I'm learning these technical skills. Uh, and so we, we've been upfront about it. Sometimes people come in though and they're like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> we told you. <ya. laughs> No apologies. I love it. Uh, what's is in this? Maybe I'll turn a weird question. Is there an average age? Like you made a comment there that I really, it's interesting. Learning is changing. You know, we're not yeah. like I go, I get my degree. I'm 23. I graduate. Yeah. And then, oh, then I get to go to the real world and quote unquote, learn how to work. Like that's the yeah. old joke. Yeah. You know, I think it was it, you know, somebody gets a job sweeping floors and they say, don't you know, I have a university degree. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Let me show you how to sweep the floor. Like that is an old <laughs> joke. I haven't heard from Sorry, That's a terrible <laughs> joke. But is it changing? Are you getting people from all different walks of life yep. that are realizing either through circumstance or sometimes force to go, 
oh shit, the, the journey I'd signed up for is no longer there. That path yeah. is closed or that job is no longer what it used to be. I'm now being, being forced to learn. So, okay, I'm going to lean in. Yeah. Is it a big mix of age range and yes. people and genders and backgrounds and every, everything under the sun, I'm guessing? Yeah. We've, the youngest person we've had to date was, uh, had just turned 20 years old and we okay. had someone as old as 64 awesome. and everything in between. And That's again, great. that adds to the learning. Right, that's learning that we can't build into a learning plan and a lesson plan. That is learning that they are. It's it's coming out of their pores with each other to each other. That it, you know, and we've had people who, um, you know, someone people who are you know barista. Um, we've had the, the oil rig worker. We've had the PhDs and everything in between in the same cohort. I love that. I've been doing some work recently, a little blatant plug for my friends over at Alberta IoT, and they have their fast track program and they've got 40 mm -hmm. year companies and six month companies. And I've interviewed a few of them mm -hmm. and they all learning from like the, the, we can do anything and like, mm -hmm. just like rampant ideas of the six month company to like, well, let us show you how to run a business because we've been doing yeah. it for 40 years. And now we want to bring in IoT and the fact they threw everybody in like versus the incubator model, we've got everybody kind of almost trying yep. to solve the same problems. Yep. Versus that, like, you know, I, I don't think age immediately means wisdom, but if you've been playing a game for 30, hockey for 30 years and I've been playing for five years, you're going to know some tricks that I don't know. Yeah. It's just by default. And that really excites me about throwing everybody in the room and not just, you know, by age or by stage of life. It's like, no, no, it's by willingness and openness to learn. That's a different, that's a really cool yeah. criteria, I think, well, personally. And humans categorize, I mean, we categorize people within 150 milliseconds of meeting them. Like, that's how it. we survive, that's right? It's how we identify right? threats or not threats. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. friend or foe. Exactly, for sure. Right? And so categorizing by age was it, what is a way of categorizing humans to move them through It's easy, uh, it's not necessarily right. <laughs> yeah, and then there's categorizing by attraction to a similar kind of learning methodology, a similar kind of learning environment. Uh, and that's what we're trying to draw in people who are, they're compelled to learn this way. They're compelled to, to dig into the kind of stuff that is the yes and of our program. Very interesting. It, it, it kind of just makes sense when you say it out loud. And I love it when something, you know, is relatively a new way of thinking, but yet it totally goes, well, yeah, how you mean we weren't doing that before from an outsider's <laughs> point of view, which is not to oversimplify, but sometimes things seem obvious. We're like, oh, this is a whole new way. You're like, really? But I, I appreciate how much education has been a system. It's been a way mm -hmm. that it's worked for years. Like, and mm -hmm. to your point, for good reason, mm -hmm. but the world, the game is changing. The, the playing yep. field is changing. Yep. Something I've been, you know, I think you and I chatted about it in our first, our first, our pre-date, our pre-podcast date, but kind of the concept of mass customization of mm. learning and how we've got to have it customized, but we have yep. to have it at scale or else yep. it doesn't work. And because we're all after something different, maybe talk a little bit about like kind of what you're seeing, your thoughts around that mm -hmm. and, and kind of where, maybe even where it's headed. That's, you know, yeah. I always get excited about the future, the shine up the crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, well, what we've been, in terms of figuring out some of the mass customization of learning, the, one of the things that we're, we've figured out is we're always learning. You know, if we ever think we've figured it out, hey, we're all that in a bag of chips, we're done. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> so um, part of it is having these, uh, including for the facilitators, and, and we choose our language quite carefully at Inception U. We talk about learners and facilitators and cohorts because it's also part of creating the conditions for people to be able to think about their own learning and learning with us differently instead of it being, you know, Margo's the communication expert. She's going to tell you what you need to know to communicate well. You better listen and take notes. 
and then go out and try and try and apply it. Um, instead, we've got learners and facilitators. So we facilitate the learning, which if we think about French, facile, like it's make it a little bit easier for easier. people. <laughs> um, and if we and, and that's really what we work on. And as we do that, we have feedback cycles. So when we we don't give them here's here's the schedule for six months, we don't do that. We give them the schedule for the first few weeks. <laughs> we say you're going to be doing these things. As they're doing those things, we are getting to know who's actually in the room with us. And then that informs what the following weeks are going to be because we ask them, "Hey, where oh, do you need help? Okay. What's working? You guys, are, What's you guys are literally doing it in, in real in real yeah. time through observation yeah. and, and again participation. And feedback loops and cycles and and then we're saying, "What would you like to try?" And then they work on figuring out, well, here are three things. We go, okay. And what do they see the next week? That we're working with them to try those things. And that's where we say the mass customization of learning. It can be done. It does. It does require organizing ourselves differently. It does require us being open to, wow, we might figure out that, geez, that didn't work. And that's okay. That we can be equally as brave and vulnerable as we're asking them to be. That's some of the key components of being able to do this mass customization of learning so that people can have their own learning experience within an umbrella of here's overall where you're what you're going to be exposed to, how far and how deep you go on some of these, you have the option of selecting um, selecting options. We call them, you know, choose your own learning and deep dive. So, you know, we'll expose everyone to a certain, a certain amount of uh, understanding of something. And again, we're looking for understanding. There's no tests, there's no pass fail, demonstrate you can. And if you demonstrate you can't, that informs us and you, oh, we haven't found your access point to the learning. Okay, let's work with you to help you figure that out. And so then we'll have a deep dive. So let's say everyone gets introduction to visual thinking. Okay. And there's some people who really get lit up by it. And there are other people who go, oh, that was interesting. Okay. And then we say, do you want to go deeper on that? The people who want to, here are six weeks of sessions where you're going to go really deep on it. But we're not telling the entire cohort and forcing people, oh, like, you know, I've got to go to biology. I hate biology. <laughs> we're not doing that. We're saying, hey, if you, if you got energy for it, you really want to go, go as deep and as far as you want. And if you don't, there are intensives for others that they can go deeper. And, and we talk about mild, medium, and spicy. So what's a mild level of understanding? <laughs> like I can get it to work. Oh, you can do that? Okay, so here's take that same technical knowledge that you just got and see if you can get it to do this. That's medium. Oh, you got that? See if you can get it to do this. And it's, it's like reflecting how we are as human beings. When you get into a company, did every single person that worked on your team have the exact same knowledge, the exact same capability, the exact same experience? Likely not. And it's the same thing. Doesn't, in our it cohort. doesn't feel like a necessarily very functional team. <laughs> Back to and the yes. sports, the fitness sports exactly. analogy we've been laying in. Nobody, not everybody plays the same position on the field. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know, the ball would get to one end and stay there. And that would be, whoa, whoa that would be boring for everybody. Yeah, it wouldn't and make it, much for a spectator situation. <laughs> and it's the same thing with learning. And so that's what we, what we constantly work to emulate and, and to reflect back to them so that they have that opportunity to be able to get to a level of capability and competence 
And they also have the opportunity to stretch themselves and challenge themselves. Because by the way, humans love that. Humans, we just are curious beings and we rekindle that. Well, it's just, you know, you, so many boxes you're checking. Like you think of, I'm an instructor and every year I'm just delivering the same curriculum. Like that's going to get kind of stale <laughs> depending on who I am as a human. But in this yeah. case, you're equally participating in the learning as, as an yeah. instructor. So it really creates an interesting relationship, kind of almost a shared fate, the concept of, you know, really bringing a team together. Yeah. But what I'm really hearing you talk about to me seems like, like one of the fringe benefits of being an adult learner. I have so many friends like, oh, I hated school. But no, I'm taking this course now and I love it and I'm killing yeah. it and I'm excelling in it because I got to choose yeah. and it's done in a way that I want. And, it, and, you know, versus I do appreciate you said there is kind of a universal, especially in North America, we all kind of learn along a similar path and mm -hmm. give us like a certain fundamentals of skills. But I know so many friends that did well in that world that actually didn't do that well mm -hmm. when they got into the quote unquote real world. But it's more lately what I'm seeing is now friends of mine in their mid to late 30s, early 40s that like, oh, they went back to do this and they love it. And they're yeah. like, you know, a straight A student where in school yeah. they're like, oh, I struggled and I couldn't for, you know, it feels like the fringe benefit of being a grown up, of being yeah. able to choose environments <laughs> that you actually want to be in. And ultimately then, packaging that with in how you want to learn yeah. yeah it's how could it not be successful you still got to choose to apply yourself though there's still a decision to do the work you know they're joking life yeah. you still got to put in the time right you still got to do yeah. the work this isn't a shortcut it's just an it's just you're gonna might enjoy the, the, the long drive better <laughs> yeah well and that's one of the questions we get asked is so what's the placement rate and so on and what we we do mm -hmm. say to people is 100 percent of the people who go all in have been successful at the end of our program and going all in. I like, I like that a lot. Only, I like that a lot. Not only on the technical, also on the essential, also on the networking, also on the building their digital portfolio. Also they, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> Being quote unquote successful. It's, it's a lot of effort. Like you do. Yeah. yeah it, it takes up the majority of your time. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's not about, you know, a hundred hours a week. Like we also really, really encourage people. You, you can put in hours. You can keep putting in hours. Are you actually learning anymore? At some point, the brain does need to rest and reset and reflect for you to have truly learned. So at a certain point, you know, if you've been spinning your wheels for 10 minutes and you still can't figure it out, are you going to keep spinning your wheels for another two, three hours? You can ask for help. Are you going to step away and go and do something that has zero to do with technology right now? Like go grab a magazine and we're in the library um, when we're in person. You know, yeah. Go grab a book that has zero to do with tech because that could stimulate thinking that actually helps unlock a pathway of understanding that you come back and all of a sudden it makes sense makes sense and, and we've well, all the, had the insights happen. the insights rarely come when you're doing the thing right that's yeah. the oh they have big idea hit me in the shower yeah. but it's all the work you did before to get your brain kind of working on the problem or you know go for a, go for a walk around the block yeah. especially if you're stuck in front of your computer all day physical movement also stimulates learning oh. <laughs> about the different things talk about fit the human body is made yeah i know we're, we're, there's an underpinning theme here i think we're on yes the human body and all of the systems work better when they're active and they do and they do we're physical beings meant to do physical things as we live in a world that becomes very cerebral as we stare at our computer screens all the time. <laughs> Conversations with employers. I, I'm only assuming, and I choose to find as many pauses as I can for our yeah. last 20 months, which we, we don't need to name it. Everyone knows what the last 20 months has been yeah. called. Our employers, it, has this also forced a lot of positive change around how we learn, how we interact, like you, remote work. The problems are bigger than they've ever been, and the solutions take a different type of of thinking and a different type of, of team than it did before. Are you having those conversations? Like, is it... Is it is is the push pull? Is it happening on both sides yeah. of the coin? Um, I would <clears> say <throat> those are newer conversations, um, okay. and uh, uh, it's 
it's interesting. I, I mean, I completely understand um, the challenge of trying to find talent. Uh, and I completely understand that if you're a company and you have certain needs and you can't find the person, you can't find the experience, the understanding, and you've got to go through 1500 resumes to still find that you can't find what you're looking for. Overwhelming. I, I completely understand that. And that's where it's like, so then how do we change our thinking and, and how do we approach it differently? Um, I'll bring in another health uh, metaphor. Um, so I, I remember when I was uh, an insurance broker, that's by the way, where I started my career, <laughs> a little different. From hey, what we I'm all have now. eclectic, we have eclectic bass <laughs> yeah. for sure. I like that. I don't know. I think it makes for uh, so interesting individuals. <laughs> I, I can speak to career transformation quite readily. Um, and, and I remember a coworker, I looked over at my coworker one time, I'm like, oh my gosh, have you lost weight? And, and this coworker's like, oh yeah. And I said, well, what have you been doing? It was like, it, it, it was as if it had happened overnight. You know, all of a sudden I noticed and they said, oh, well, you know, I joined Weight Watchers six months ago. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if I joined Weight Watchers when she joined Weight Watchers, where would I be right now? And so then this person worked out for us that we could join a Weight Watchers group. And of course, I missed the first meeting. <laughs> she was like, I got in trouble. And <laughs> they were expecting all these people. I was like, oh, boy, I better show up the next time. One of the best things <laughs> Account I ever Accountability is a real thing. Yeah. One of the best things I ever did, because what I was thinking was, if I'm going to be that person that in six months from now, everybody's going to say, if I joined when Margot joined, I'd be where she is right now. Because guess what? The six months is going to go by anyway. The time is going to pass anyways. It's going to go. So, and, and then I think of that from that employer lens too. Um, because now, and this is what I'm hearing in the most recent conversations, is because of the past 20 months, Calgary's not only competing with other Calgary companies. Calgary's competing globally for this talent that is already in wicked demand. So the shortage in Calgary of this talent is not Calgary's shortage. This is global. You know, I've read numbers of like 100,000 uh, jobs short in some parts of the U.S. Right? <laughs> like it, or right. employees yeah. short, right? So this and now it's been blown wide open that anyone can work anywhere from anywhere so now the fact that they're physically located in Calgary isn't enough for you to be able to say, well, I've got a chance to get them. So then I think of it that way. So what does it look like if we start hiring based on potential, based on their ability to think differently, based on all the value they bring to my business? And um, and then you know, where would they be if you hired that person now that's a fit in all sorts of other ways? And yeah, they probably need more experience in that particular technical capability and where would they be six months from now where would they be a year from now would you have someone who is now moving towards that intermediate would you have somebody who's got that and I know easier said than done so um, that's where we're inviting industry in. help us work with us and we'll work together to solve this challenge you know, well, it's work. it's the it's the unicorn. You know, I, I was talking to someone. They, they sent me a job description for a marketing role, and it was a unicorn role. Mm. It was like I was like, holy heck! Like, what 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 does this person not have to be good at? Would be the shorter <laughs> list on the resume. And we we all like as employers, and I'll speak to this. We unicorn chase. I was in a workshop the other day, and it was about business and kind of you know the future. And, and one of the comments he said, you know, the next big your next big thing is probably the thing you're working on now, and it resonates to me here. And like your next high performers are yeah. probably already on your team. 
But we as, you know, we, oh, the grass is greener. I'll find the dream yeah. person. Yeah. But you're right. You're not, we're not finding the dream people. And everyone I talk to, employee shortage, skill shortage, you know, yeah. it, it followed quickly by like, I need, you know, people can get the money, but then they can't get the teams to execute on their ideas when yeah. it comes to startups and like the, our ecosystem in Calgary right now. 3,500 startups here and, and, and we can't find the right people and everyone's chasing the same full stack developers around town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we, hey guys, this looked familiar. Remember the oil and gas days when they'd steal engineers <laughs> from each other across the street and $20,000 signing bonuses and crazy things. And, and it's just interesting how we just move the problem around the chessboard. Yeah. You're right. Until we change our mindset, we're just going to keep, we're just going to keep reigniting the same problem over and over again. Mm -hmm. Well, and we had a really great, um, we had a really great engagement with uh, with someone who reached out to us afterwards because it was them challenging their own assumptions and thinking as well. Mm -hmm. and, and I laugh when you're talking about uh, that's a unicorn. I've seen job posts where someone's like, that's not a person. That's an entire IT department. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, that, that's, that's an entire department. That's a better, yeah. that's a more accurate way to say it. So um, <laughs> this person had attended our demo day. And was like, oh my gosh, and reached out and I want to talk to these people and I want to talk to that project team and, and then had taken them through the initial uh, technical assessment interview and said, hold on a second, why didn't they, they didn't perform as well on my technical assessment. And this is the technical assessment they always used and reached back out to us and said, I had an aha <laughs> There's a complete disconnect between what I saw they are capable of doing because they did it and the fact that they can't get through, they can't perform on my technical assessment. What am I? I'm questioning my technical assessment and asked, you know, what, when someone's going into software development, what do they, you know, what things would you be asking for? And yes, computer science, there are roles that need people who have that computer science background. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And asking ourselves and questioning which roles need that and which roles need someone who can do development and perform in a team and continue to learn as they go. And then being able to distinguish that and not interviewing everyone based on a science that only a very small number of people have and that maybe that role doesn't actually require. And then can we start emulating some other industries and fields of endeavor you know we look at that well let's take engineering there are the new grad roles there are the you know there's that apprenticeship and paid internship and they're all of those things and again easier said than done especially for smaller companies we would like to offer an, an open invitation to work with industry to solve this and we're going to be holding a session and we thought like let's kick off the year in, in January, fresh ears, fresh eyes, fresh everything. Let's not try and do it in December because in in this era, <laughs> I don't know, I collapse at Christmas. So, I know, yeah, um, the, the sprint, the sprint to the 24th yeah, of parties like, and events. And yeah, and who knows? Well, obviously the last couple of years, that's been pretty, last year that was pretty chill with COVID. It was actually kind of nice a little bit, but that's another it story. It was really nice. <laughs> so like, oh, we're I'm looking not, at- I'm not hitting Christmas day stressed out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So looking at, you know, to hire or not to hire, that's the question, you know, and having a session where we really explore this and figure out because what we're doing is there's still the, there's still the problem. So then let's really understand the problem. Let's dig into it and let's create some different ways forward. And we would love to be in that conversation. So I invite anybody, send me questions that you think, yeah, like we'd need to explore that. Uh, and and that we can help shape in, in an inception new way will shape the session to be meaningful and relevant for the people who are there 
working with us to understand the problem and start creating some solutions that actually addresses this. And that's in January? Yep. Nice. I appreciate you reaching out because you're right. It's, it's, we, as employers, we're so often, oh, but you know, the, the magic and, and, and again, not misplaced the, the right hire at the right time, especially for a small team can yeah. change your stars like overnight. Yeah. But if you can't find that person, you have to help make that person or build yeah. it or create it or nurture it or, you know, collaborate around it and yeah. how much more of a team sport it is. That's an interesting concept. And, and you're mm-hmm. right. It is employee employer where it's all, it's not one, it's not either or one or the other. Yeah. It's all the same side of the coin. And I do appreciate that, like to do things that scale and, you know, the words math, like uh, we need, we need to hire a 500 people or a thousand people. It's hard to do that when yeah. you've got it like sift through, like you said, 1500, 2500 resumes using, you know, AI and algorithms that yeah. are just looking for keywords that might not be yeah. relevant to that person's capability. If they don't have it in their tech, like the whole model's kind of broken. I think it was somebody, yeah. I don't know if it was you, they said like the, the we've, we've kind of been sold a false bill of goods as employers with like recruiting software because it's actually not looking at the individual. It's just looking Mm -hmm. for keywords that they may or may not have. doesn't mean they're not capable to do the role. And in an employee shortage environment or talent and skill shortage environment, employers are left with like, there's nobody out there, which is arguably, I'd say not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we look at a societal level too, and and this, again, this is, and especially um, through downturns and through, through COVID, and, and this isn't only happening here, is uh, there's a lot of focus on skill building, upskilling, reskilling, all of this. Okay, that's great. And if people go through those and there is nothing to receive them on the other end, what we have done is given them their last piece of hope. And we've basically told them there's no place for you in the future. That's disastrous. We can't do that. And so, how do we work together to figure this out? You need talent. They need to be contributing. Um, how do we solve that? And I'm, I'm really confident we can figure it out. And I'm really confident that we've got the brains in this city to figure that out. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to be bold and say we have no choice. We need to figure it out. It's a non-negotiable. Oh, Margo, so much great insights. I love your passion. Clearly, you love what you do. And it's a, it has a great reflection on your whole organization in terms of makes me excited to work with you guys, learn more, refer people to you. Because it seems like, it. again, I'm being, my own biases are here, but it seems like the right formula. I really like what you guys have put together yeah. and, how you, and how you formulated it. It sounds like it's a lot more human. It's a lot more real to what Thank is you. actually going on out there. So good job on that. So Thank I'm gushing you. a little bit. I really love what you guys have put together. I think it's fantastic. On that note, how do people find out more? Because I hope my audience is as excited as I am. They're going to reach out. Um, again, I love Calgary. I've heard of you, but I had really had no idea. So that's thank you for taking the time to kind of tell me your story. But how do people find you? How do they sign up? How do they get involved? Yeah, well, there's one, uh, InceptionU.com. That's our website. Um, and then they can contact me, Margo, M-A-R-G-O, at InceptionU.com. I'm happy to engage with anyone that way. Uh, We have a brand new program. So one of the gaps we're working to fill right now, and we're super excited. This is going to be epic, I have to say. It's going to be an epic program. I know, toot my own horn, toot toot. Um, and uh, hey, if you don't if you don't believe in it, no one else is going <laughs> exactly. to. I'm okay with that. Like that's all right. You should be proud. That's the whole we're, point. Uh, <laughs> we're launching a full stack designer program, which is not. And if you Google full stack designer, I'll talk about research and so on. This is about how do we fill the design talent gap that is in Calgary. And so it's about again ma- learning how to think, learning how to understand the problem, really understanding how design will make or break whatever it is you're working on. And that design, yes, we're going to be focusing on software and, and software projects and so products and so on as part of what they can learn. And 
they'll be able to apply this design to anything. Design the information architecture, design the company architecture. Like they'll be able to apply design. Interesting. So that's so an exciting design, one. design thinking, but pro and product design and like all of the elements. Yeah. Like you got, you sound like your courses are very uh, like comprehensive in terms of yeah. it's not just one way of doing the thing. It's like and design thinking is a really interesting concept that I think permeates everything in our world today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and, it, and looking at a meaningful way and not a, a mechanical process either. So, like, if you're the kind mm -hmm. of person that if you see a pull handle on a pull on a push door that you go, "What?" You're the person who would love learning <laughs> this program. So, um, so that's uh, that's one. Um, that lands really well, by the way. I'm like, oh, who who did this? This is ridiculous. Anyways, that's so funny. I love <laughs> that you said that. Then come learn with us. You're gonna have fun. That's um, amazing. The great, uh, great example. <laughs> Um, and then other ways, again, anyone who wants to reach out and please, I invite you to offer questions and, and things you'd like to explore for the to hire, not to hire session that we're going to be running on January. Right now, it's tentatively January 19th. We'll be getting a date, um, a firm date in there quite shortly. Um, how else would they, uh, I, I guess, listening to this and reach oh, out awesome. anytime. We've got an amazing team. It's awesome. Um, find us on LinkedIn. All that good it's stuff. Let's be honest. It's not hard these days. We're we're yeah. all private investigators. We have Google. It's one. It's like it's one little type away. But I appreciate being deliberate about it. And you guys have a great website. Lots of information on it. But thank you, Marco Purcell. Thank you for joining me. And uh, love what you're doing at Inception. You and thanks for sharing your story today. I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Really appreciate you having us on.